0: I'm talking here to Tateki Matsuda who is an MMA fighter by training and also he is coaching people with high performance and biohacking. He is part of our team at Parker Center Japan and one thing that I've learned from him is all the different ways how you can take care of your body especially corrective exercises. I think today when we work a lot in front of our computers we need to be conscious about the way how sitting is affecting our health. Probably everyone has heard that sitting is not good for you. It's like smoking for our generation. But there is a lot of biomechanical misalignment that comes easily from repeated sitting. And I remember reading like this book from early 1900s of a doctor who described job-related diseases and people who polish shoes, which we don't do nowadays, but there was actually a professional shoe polishers would like crouch it and polish your shoes. They would have like anatomical changes hunched back. This kind of text neck we call it today with mobile phone use and all that when you're hunched forward and you try to look up. It has been known for a long time and it started with people who do shoe polishing but now it's pretty much everyone who sits in front of computers and uses mobile phones. Mobile phones are probably the worst because you are constantly in this forward head posture and looking down. And um, so your spine is not straight and it adds tens of kilograms of extra weight on your discs. And there's this Chinese saying that a man is as old as his spine. And if you don't take care of your spine, you're going to have a lot of issues. One of the statistics that I've been looking at is job-related disabilities. And of course, people get things like sleep issues and cardiovascular problems, um, heart, nervous system related problems. But one of the leading causes of disability is back pain. And so lower back pain, upper back pain, so that's a huge problem. And it requires that you are conscious how to correct those misalignments with corrective exercise. So I want to jump on a call with Tateki to share with you some of the things, and I've also got a lot of help from corrective exercises, and we are also going to touch some devices and technologies and tools of trade that people can use to help themselves have a little bit more leverage to do manual therapy on themselves, and also do corrective exercise more effectively, including massage guns, massage balls, exercise bands, you name it, so... I think he's definitely a specialist and what I really like about him is he's not just showing the exercise he's actually describing the anatomy of what's happening there so welcome to the show man. Thank you for having me. Cool. Give us like a little brief background as an MMA fighter so I would imagine doing a lot of hard training for over the years you had to become also a specialist of making sure your body is not getting in the way of your performance. Yes I'm not like
1: top top specialist. I think my past days in engaging in the MMA scene pretty much beat up my body every day, and then the injury history, and then the experience from the rehab and the conversation with the physical therapist and then the orthopedics and then all the older, smart professionals make me learn more. And now here I am. And also my background is kind of a practitioner, strong first. And uh, I learned uh, corrective exercise from the functional movement screen, uh, system, functional movement systems. Originally, I was not a fighter. I came to the
0: U.S. as an international student. And uh, yeah. So you're originally from Tokyo and you live in Boston right now with your family. Yes. You are into exercise physiology and you have several degrees. Did you get into those because of your fighter career? What got you interested in nutrition exercise? I used to play baseball for my entire life until high school, and I
1: wanted to study sports science. But back in Japan, back in days, I didn't have much choice for the universities. They don't really offer the sports science department, so I decided to go to US, and I studied sports science during the undergrad, and then I got a master's degree in applied nutrition. Basically, I'm same as you, health and wellness, like I'm nerd about healthier lifestyle. And at the same time, I build my professional MMA career and I have to take care of my body. And of course, I have to cut the weight and I have to make my own nutrition program during the fight camp. And yeah, so it's almost like I've been choosing what I want to do and now here I am. So what got you from baseball to MMA? What made you fight? It's a crazy story. I needed to submit a grade note in English. So I asked my high school teacher, I need a grade note in English. So could you make one for me? And then like, he said, oh, I had another guy from the next class and he also needs uh, the grade note in English. And I was like, oh, really? He sounds like he's going to U.S. And then I visited his classroom and he was doing the martial arts in a. Uh, high school classroom. And then like, uh, is that? Looks cool. And then uh, we study English and get ready for the study abroad, learn English together. And we train together. And uh, I participated in an amateur fighting competition. And then um, I actually won that competition and uh, that kind of triggered me. And then, wow, this is such an
0: addicting sport. <laughs> so I got some positive reinforcement. What kind of martial arts did you train? You're from Japan. Did you also do Japanese martial arts or just kickboxing and all that? It's like a weird uh, karate gi, but like uh, the rule is uh, kickboxing.
1: It's back in the days, the K1 was uh, huge. K1 is almost like, you know, Japanese kickboxing. Rule is a little bit different from the Muay Thai and other stuff. But uh, yeah, K1 was huge and everyone was dreaming about to be on the ring. And uh, yeah, and I participate in amateur tournaments and
0: I won the fight. Cool. Also you got into MMA and you did pretty well also. You've been practicing in the octagon and it's been your temple in a way. Yeah looking for the place to die as a samurai but <laughs> it's an
1: honor to compete in such a world-class promotion such as UFC, Bellator
0: and Pancreas in Japan and yeah. I guess it's a lot about mind training also not just physical training to to do that kind of thing it reminds me of navy seal training where even the fittest guys can do some of the exercise if they don't learn to control their mind and breathing and nervous system and all that so you have to be very conscious how you conduct yourself it's not just that brute force will uh, work that the case also for you Yes, I'm
1: telling you, this sport is, I was at 90% mental sports and 10% physical. Right. The most important thing is that you get punched in the face and then you turn your back. That's obviously, it's not
0: for you. I see. You mentioned you had a lot of different injuries, like what kind of injuries you went through and how did you rehabilitate yourself from those? I had a
1: broken thumb almost like a decade ago. That was like a local promotion title fight and uh, that happened uh, last round, fifth round. I continued fighting and now uh, with broken thumb. Yeah, broken thumbs. And uh, I went to Brazil to train BJJ. And that was the second week, uh, hundred kilo of my training partner just like smashed on me and popped my rib cage. And then I took a anti inflammatory and I keep continuing, keep training. <laughs> and now my rib cage shape is different. And another one is, oh, I popped the rib cage. And uh, yeah, my hip joint, when I get taken down, and, and I popped. And, and also the my biceps, when I throw the right hand. And then uh, my sparring partner he's a really good boxing background. And both of arm arms cross. And then I almost like, ripped my biceps. And then like now, like my range of motion got, like I got better. But like used to be like this. And I couldn't even touch my shoulder with my right finger. But I can now come back. And uh, yeah, so I'm like... Once again, I'm not a specialist, like I learned from my past and then I try to modify to provide a good, easy to understand,
0: better version for the ordinary people. <laughs> so you're like a train wreck and you had to figure out what to do to yourself to bounce back from those kind of situations. I've been fortunate enough not to injure myself too much, like a few dislocated shoulder things and also some micro fractures I've been snowboarding all my life so actually most of my injuries have come from snowboarding but one thing that uh, I remember snowboarding I missed the landing so I had just like too much speed going to the jump and I missed the landing and I couldn't walk my other knee was like completely swollen and out of the game and I I was into biohacking at that time so I had a friend who said that hey it's a joint so let's get all the building blocks for the body to rebuild the tissue so let's get bone broth and so one thing that he got was like from a fish market he went and bought all the leftover fish bones and fish heads and all that nice so you can get that stuff for free basically or for one year or whatever you have get like a huge bag of it. yeah yeah so we made like this incredible fish soup and with all the spices like anti-inflammatory spice turmeric and all that. Then I used pool's electromagnetic field therapy on the joint and I used red light and literally one week later I was on a bicycle and a few weeks later I was walking again from a state of thinking that this probably normally would take like months to recover. So I realized how important nutrition is in recovery. Have you done something similar? Do you also consciously use nutrients? Oh, yeah, like uh, being
1: uh, ketosis also, to me, it worked very well. Of course, like I tapered down from hard training so that like my body doesn't require keracogen based energy and the uh, bone broths and uh, all other biohacking is really good and then uh, cold therapy. That's uh, really good for the pain management. And nowadays, we do the peptide injection too. As far as I know, the BPC-157 is uh, still legal under the World Anti-Doping Association. That, like, one of the secret in a biohacking community. But, uh, yeah.
0: In Europe, they added it in a pharmaceutical list, at least in Finland, so... Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, peptides are natural in the body, and in a way, it would be quite hard yeah. to outlaw something. on like BPC-157 has been be added, at least in Finland, too this list and it's a novel food so they can also block its sale as a nutraceutical. so it's more like in some countries where you get it it's not for human use all that yeah but in any case it seems to be quite promising for helping joints to heal as well but i definitely noticed that nutritional interventions help a lot with these things i remember one guy who had rheumatoid arthritis and his practice was to go to the ice bath to the border of hypothermia he learned where his limit is, like how far he can go. But the further he went into hypothermia, the longer the rheumatoid arthritis was gone after that session. It's dangerous. You need someone to pay attention to you, right? Yeah, <laughs> sounds dangerous, yeah. But he had pretty severe rheumatism, so that's what he is like. Self-medication, in a sense, was just like getting into an ice bath. My understanding is that if you get an injury, a lot of people, they rest. But one key is also to get moving and do some exercises and help the blood flow and all that in affected yes, yes. areas, right? So that if you are like staying too much immobile, like it might actually... Oh, that makes everything worse. Yes.
1: Long story short, brain almost forgets how to move the body part. And then unconsciously, human body compensate the movement. Let's say you injured uh, some part of your joint or the muscle and your body tried to protect that area. And then all the other muscle compensate to achieve the movement you want. And then that kind of makes the bad habit. And even though you think you're moving naturally, it's not actually natural
0: at all. I've had back pain for quite a long time because I work in front of computers since I was like 13 all the time. I do use a standing desk, but I do sit also and it requires quite a lot of attention to my physiology to correct things like bad posture. And one of the things that I discovered 10 years ago was a posture tracker. I think it's called Luma Lift, And I had this like vibrating device that would vibrate when my posture was bad. Later on I replaced that with upright go. And I would use that when I'm speaking or in meetings where my attention is not on my body, but on conversation where I easily forget it's supposed to be. And it helped a lot because you have like this, it's almost like your mother, but it's technology that always reminds you split second later that, hey, them will correct your posture and it vibrates, irritates you. And only when you correct that, you get that relief from the vibration. So wait, wait so, so the device notify you or like remind you? Yeah. You put it on your upper back or neck and it tracks with an accelerometer your body posture and it will vibrate and it doesn't stop vibrating until you correct your posture. So that was one of the most effective nervous system training to get a better posture. But then unfortunately I was doing quite a lot of exercise 10 years ago and I was doing pull-ups and the bar dropped on my upper back. But what you mentioned about the body compensating and protecting an area, I experienced that with my upper back. So I had very stiff upper back muscles that were protecting the area of the damage. All my postural things that I had been doing, being in a good posture actually caused pain now. So I had to wait for the injury to heal, to start fixing it again. But since then I've had quite stiff upper back. And only now, some years later, because of several times at Optimized Day workshops and the MyHockers retreat, listening to your corrective exercise that you always do for our customers, I decided to try to figure it out to unlock some of the stiffness. And I used two different devices. I used an exercise ball and I used a massage gun. And what I did was to focus on the stiff muscles in the neck area and also some trigger points. And I would use the exercise ball for different things than the massage gun. The massage gun I would use mainly on trigger points where I need to go deep. And the exercise ball I would use to stretch some of those muscles. So I learned some of the exercises from you to do it like manually with fingers, but I discovered the ball that vibrates was more effective. So there's this Japanese company called Dr. Air. So I used the massage ball and then I used the massage gun. I've been going 10 years to a Chinese massage master who is from the Shaolin Mountain, from a village next to it. And he's grown up with all these Shaolin monks and all that but like he's an expert on the meridians and all that and from him I learned about the trigger points because a lot of work that they do focus on the trigger points so basically like my shoulder pain I worked on my hands shoulder under the shoulder in front of the shoulder on the collarbone area and rest as well as the root of the neck and the two large muscles more on the front side and more on the side and and back side of the neck where the large muscles connect to the skull. And I also figured out that these trigger points also are key where your jawbone is connected to. I learned that by having some pain in the ear and I thought I have some water in my ear, but it turned out like I had just a stiff jawbone point and once I massaged that open like... That could cause to the mouth breathing too yeah i'm not a mouth breeder i'm a nose breeder so i'm happy to have that that's another topic but it's very important to fix mouth breeding if you have one for very different reasons but basically i got myself into this little journey where i just decided i'm now gonna fix this 10-year issue where i have some neck pain when i turn my head to a certain way and doing every hour so every hour when i was having a small break from whatever work i was doing I would massage all those trigger points, and I would stretch the muscles. Oh yeah, and I would do that for a week, and then I remember like a pinched nerve suddenly extending, felt like a shock of electricity, and every day my mobility on neck area improved. I felt like I'm coming out of a prison that I had been like a. <laughs> so suddenly I had been a prisoner of my own body, and suddenly like I had all this mobility. There's so many like YouTube videos I've been watching about stretches and ways to fix forward neck posture and mm. all that stuff. To me, I've tried all of it. It doesn't work for me. Like I had to do a bit more serious manual therapy. And now I can use those exercises to maintain that I don't get back into whatever locked up yes. situation I was in. So I feel like a lot of those exercise, yoga exercise, very gentle stretches, all of that is, it's great once... If you want to prevent as a preventive measure maybe to increase mobility and all that with fascia but if you have a chronic condition which is quite bad you need some serious readjustment so i've noticed i don't need to crack my neck anymore or anything like that i used to do that quite a lot i just don't feel any issues anymore thanks to using technology for it and i would always use these massage guns and balls also after sauna so once the blood flow is increased, the muscles are relaxed. That's a great idea. Yeah, relax and the blood circulation is optimal. Yeah, I would do like a magnesium bath, for example, and that was awesome. And also red light therapy, I figured out is a good combination. In my experience, having had one hour massages for as long as I remember, I can now get the same results like in 10 minutes. If I do sauna or ice bath, red light therapy, and then I massage myself very effectively, knowing exactly where I go into, but it took me like a long time to learn how my body operates and what the problem actually is to fix that. Yeah. Because
1: body always wants to go the easier way and yeah. And if you want to separate the session, like a, not like a 60 minutes session, but like a five minutes every hour or something and separate throughout
0: the day, it's also a good strategy. Yeah. One thing that I'm working on still is anterior tilt. So that's basically like a misaligned pelvis that comes from sitting too much. So can you describe a little bit like the detrimental effects of sitting and postural problems? So basically my goal now is to realign my pelvis so that it would be less likely that I get a hunched or forward head posture. So first, it's not your fault. Your
1: brain works perfect. Your brain tried to compensate you have a stiff shoulder. So that means your shoulder is rounded like a hunching over. I mean, everyone. If you sit longer and do the PC work, that's like a human nature. You know, our posture tend to lean forward and then pinch the front side. That's why trapezius, your shoulder muscle, try to contract and work hard to, hey, don't go that way. I have to pull it back. That's why we have a stiff shoulder. And as a result of that posture now, try to do the overhead movement or try to look straight, your brain send a signal, hey, lean back a little bit. Now you extend your lower back, that causes the pain and also do the anterior tilt. So even though, Tembo you said, I'm a nose breather, but if your rib cage is open and then extend your lower back, your thoracic area has a hard time to lower your rib cage to walk the diagram contracted. So that means that if you have a hard time to contract the diagram, you have a hard time to exhale longer. If you can keep the correct posture and hug the breathing, which is like a very good way and build a strategy to uh, do the 20,000 breathing with right posture. The, if gauge goes down and it and then the diagrams, is like...
0: I've definitely noticed easier breathing. I used to have quite a lot of like breathing problems like shallow breath after working on this for a long time like it's become yeah. easier can you describe a little bit like anatomically what's going on there so one way like how i'm trying to fix now anterior tilt which is very common it's actually like people who do selfies on social media especially women they like to take like belfies where they take a picture of their ass uh-huh. but they're doing their hyperextending their lower yeah. back and it's like massive anterior tilt and that's associated with beauty it's actually not healthy. So can you describe like why something like deadlifting is so key to fix that? Because generally speaking, we sit long. So sitting on the chair,
1: the pelvis is posterior tilted. But the problem is we keep this posture longer period. And when we stand up and your body tries to compensate, that's why anterior tilt happens. And your glute muscle doesn't work well. So when you drop your hip lower during the squat deadlift, your glutes cannot stretch well. That's why the body tries to compensate by extending your lower back. This is why glute activation movement, all the fitness influencer use the
0: band and show this is good for you and then that experience. So some women now it's more trendy to do like deadlifts but some women don't want to have large muscles and they have overextended joints and they have issues like this like lower back pain and all that they're like making themselves an opposite favor by <laughs> exercising those large muscles that they're so afraid to become large and manly yeah, yeah. that's a you know what first of all like it is very hard for the female to put
1: the muscle like that they have to yeah exactly it doesn't happen so easily right yeah it doesn't happen so easily. they have to have a, a carry Surplus, and then they have to send a signal like activate the mTOR and then take the certain amount of protein and send the proper signal to the leg. But uh, yeah, the way they do the deadlift and then uh, squat, their posture is very important. If they use the belt to deal with the heavier weight, yeah, that could cause the what is that called? Leg zeal or whatever. Because (laughs) because without the belt, you have to stabilize your core with your. Core muscle. But you depend on the bell, and without closing the rib cage, you can actually have a stabilization and deal with like heavier weight. That means the signal goes to purely
0: to the leg. That could cause the hypertrophy. Can you describe a little bit more why core activation is so key for good posture? I remember like this his name, he wrote a book called Supple Leopard. But he said that you should have always, as if you have 30% core activation when you walk, Mm. like constantly, especially when you sit down or sit up, you have like your core activated. A lot of people don't have that, like they, because they don't exercise their core. So why would core exercise be key for this anterior tilt and posture issues?
1: Once you understand how you tighten your core, you feel your diagram contraction. And now if you feel the diagram contraction, now you feel your pelvic floor muscle is actually loosening up. That makes us go deeper on the squat and go bend the more joint and then specific movement without hurting other body part or compensation. Stabilization is very important because many people misunderstand flexibility is very good. Flexible body is good. But especially very flexible female yogi, they almost do the hyperextension on their elbow and too much pressure on the joint. What I focus is mobility. Mobility is the range of motion without compensation. And then to work on your mobility, stabilization is very important. Why? Because if you don't stabilize your certain body part, mobility doesn't work. If you have to, let's say, let's you do the overhead workout, like a shoulder press or whatever. If you don't have a mobility, as I said, they hyperextend their lower back and then they lift the shoulder. So the kettlebell practitioner always stabilize the core, drop the rib gauge. And without the compensation, we keep our arm right behind the ear. But if you don't have uh, that mobility, they compensate to achieve
0: the movement. There's actually some wearable technology that helps you to see this in real time. There's two companies. One of them is called Apparel and the other one is called Tech. It's a Finnish company actually and it basically reads the electric signals from the muscles you have like this shirt and you have an app where you can see in real time your muscle activation and when you do certain exercises it can give you the statistics of how you're using different muscles it can tell you if you're overcompensating with certain muscles. Viontech started that specifically with cycling and running so often people run or cycle they don't reactivate really all the muscles and that causes all kinds of problems down the road if you don't so then at the gym you would exercise on the muscles that are weaker and make them stronger so that you can fix some of the overcompensating issues Other technology that I found interesting is a German company called Sculpt Sculpt is a device for measuring muscle quality and fat percentage per muscle so It's a device that you place on every muscle and it reads all of the muscles in a targeted way. And it gives you an understanding of muscle quality and fat percentage per muscle. And for me, for example, I noticed when I did this that my upper back would have very lean muscle, but then my breasts or like my core wouldn't be up to that level. Oh, so that's an imbalance. So then I would fix. And also actually, because I love push-ups, I had done too much of push-ups, so that also showed up in the results, so not enough pulling motion. So you can learn from these technologies about the imbalances in an accurate way. Of course like an expert can just look at you when you do exercise and tell you what you're doing wrong, but I noticed like that you can actually measure these things and then figure out on your own what to focus on, what would be the key bottleneck for your biomechanic issues. Yeah,
1: I also like, it's called a figure eight. They're founded uh, from MIT. That's similar product. Like uh, I put all the device and then do some like a basic movement, push up and lunge and then squat. And in real time, like I can see which body part is contracting and then I see the difference between left side and right side. That's pretty good, especially for the rehab session from the co-accident or something or injured athletes. And that's actually really good to prevent the
0: wrong way to recover because usually your brain try to protect that area. Indeed. Now, if we move into the upper back and uh, shoulders, neck pain and all that, so Uh walk us through a few exercises and why those are key, what's happening when we use our mobile devices or keyboards and so on. Specifically referring to the (laughs) certain trigger points in front of the chest, under the collarbone, up, over, and also on the next side. So, can you like walk us through a little bit, like what's happening there? I think the the biggest uh, cause is
1: your eye level. What let think let's imagine we go to the cafe to do the work with the PC. We usually look down, right? And already your the posture is like drop your head down this way, and then now your cervical area has to carry your heavy head already. And when you look down. And also like you pinching your front neck area. And then that kind of caused the chronic contract here. You know, now your head, I do the extreme example, like your head goes forward. Now your shoulder try to, hey, don't drop your head. Like it's now your shoulder gets tighter. And then now also, if you don't have a healthier 90 degrees elbow posture, usually either your shoulder is, I don't know, when you put the, arm on the desk, it's not like an optimal level or like you extend your arm and then you're clicking the mouse with your right hand
0: and then now unless you don't have a ergonomic mouse yeah, there's some rotation when you keep your hand and uh, you you can feel it like by just grabbing your hand from right below elbow joint forearm area and you just turn down and you can feel like some muscles contracting when you turn your hand down as if you have a mouse, So you can feel like there is a muscle that activates. And that is the muscle that I often try to massage. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense to have an ergonomic mouse where your hand is like, yeah. more like a grip position a grip, yeah. or neutral. But there is not many good like rodents out there to use for this purpose. Most of them are, in my experience, not so good. So I still use like a traditional one. So your right-handed forearm is like a chronically pronated all the time. And it's rotated all the time. And you use, you use like keyboard, you're using a mouse. But I'm aware that there's a muscle that is constantly contracted. So I'm trying to massage it open. And one thing that I really think is important is that you have a good chair, a good desk at the right height, and your screen is at the right level. Because if you're just looking down on your laptop, it's also like your hands are closer to each other. Some people have keyboards that are like split in the middle. So you have them a little bit wider. So you can have a wider like shoulder posture instead of being very close. I always carried the PC lifter
1: with me. Like a mobile like travel version. For. Yeah. Yeah, travel versions. The,
0: my l- laptop is always higher. I've been working so much in public places and on boats and airports. I very rarely see people using those they are always on the laptops or phones. And I always have an external keyboard, external uh, mouse, and a way to elevate my my laptop screen to be more eye level. And I don't know how anyone can work on a laptop. Yeah, these
1: uh, are like cheapest investment. Yeah, pennies on dollars, yeah. Pennies on
0: dollars, you know, on Amazon, yeah. Yeah, like it's super cheap. Yeah, exactly, yeah. A really nice portable wireless keyboard is also like really good idea to carry with you and this is what I usually do and it at least I'm not making my situation worse but I see so many people working on and sometimes preferring to work in front of cafeteria table on their laptops I don't know how they can live without pain but that's what would happen to me if I had like that kind of working condition all the time now so standing desk is of course great. Yeah. So I think standing desk is good, but the best scenario would be you
1: keep the constant movements throughout the day. Like right now, I'm half sitting, half standing,
0: and then I can. You have a solid chair, right? Solid chair. Yeah. That's like a chair that mimics horse riding saddle chair. Yeah. Kind of mimics that, but it also has a little crack or opening in the middle. Yeah. So it also helps align your pillow is better, but also reduces temperature on the groin area. So for men, semen quality, all of this. Your balls are outside of your body for a reason because it needs to be in a lower temperature. And if you sit on your balls all day long, you're not a chicken trying to tend on eggs, right? But that's what most people do throughout their day. And then they have prostate problems and they're like surprised why. So if you wanna reduce the pressure on the prostate, change the temperature of your groin area, all of that, get like a saddle chair. Personally, I don't use a saddle chair all day long it feels a bit uncomfortable for me to do the whole day but I like to do it like I would stand during the morning I have lunch rarely I have but when I do I feel like sitting so that's when I would use a saddle chair and I would sit there until I get tired of it and then I would use a regular chair that's how I pretty much go another thing that I do throughout the day is some people get sore though like the first two weeks they get like a I've got the muscle soreness that's how much they don't use the core muscles. Yeah, there's some nice chairs that really help you to activate the core muscles, like where the stem of the chair is constantly moving. So with a spring, so you need to maintain your core. You can use also like a large exercise ball to sit on, but I don't think that's very comfortable. But another thing is that if you do this like Pomodoro technique where you are like- Yeah, I was
1: gonna say same thing. Wow,
0: yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, (laughs) Pomodoro is great. It's 20 minutes focused work. And then a short break. And that's when you can do the bread work. You can do pull-ups, push-ups, exercise band stuff. So can you like describe some of the easiest exercises desk warriors can use as a quick couple of minutes break? Maybe with exercise band, maybe with body weight. Like, What would you do? Oh, I jump on the pop rate, which is the vibration. Whole oh,
1: body vibration, yeah. And then uh, I do the four-second sprint. Usually kettlebell swing what sprint while standing no there's a study it shows that uh uh so actually fat oxidation rate really goes up compared to the sitting uh group You're, do you run in place no like any like a four second sprint works like throughout the day and uh, that's like a total i i don't know the it's less than six minutes or something just like a four seconds like every yeah, half an hour. Or something. It can be any any exercise. Any so you exercise, push-up, yeah.
0: like squats, jack, or there's this seven-minute workout thing that became quite popular. There's some apps on the app store. That's the minimum dose of high-intensity interval training one can do. Yeah. Now you're also a kettlebell coach. What is the best kettlebell swing for desk warriors? First, I would say many people are not
1: conditioned to do the proper swing first I have them do the very it's called a T-leg swing so they don't fully swing their
0: between their legs right? Exactly So you activate your butt muscles and your core and you try not to overextend and you need you try to keep like your back I guess straight Exactly because if you are able to swing the 24 kilo kettlebell
1: every time you have a 200 kilogram G to your core muscle that's Way better than you just do the millions of cringe, you know?
0: So it's better than crunching is, is the kettlebell swing? Yeah,
1: just tight your core with a strong swing, yeah.
0: Right, yeah. How about the exercise band? What would be like the key exercise you would do? I would say like a big three, you know, the deadlift and squat
1: and then... But I don't do the bench press. Um, you know, the power lifter? they never do the bench
0: press. They always do the shoulder press. It also has the highest risk of injury. So it's like, people are like, how much do you bench press? But it's not actually the best exercise to do. Yeah. I prefer to do the push-up with the
1: weight. I put the sandbag on my back and then tighten my core and then do the weighted push-up. That's my go-to. And then lots of pull-up because fighters' posture, they always, we always tug the chin, chronically internally rotated. I need to Open up my back and thoracic mobility
0: too. Yeah, I use X3 Bar. That's a really cool device. Yeah, that one's really sick. You can do the heavy weight everywhere. Yeah, the inventor of x Bar is John Chuckwish. Mm-hmm. Um, he invented that as a variable resistance training tool. So if you have any kind of joint issues, it lowers the, the pressure on the joints and you actually can more safely to heavier loads yeah because of the band yeah yeah by the way the book now i remember the becoming supple leopard the ultimate guide to resolving pain preventing injury and optimize athletic performance that is written by dr kelly starrett so that's one key book and then a lot of the studies and very methodological approach to exercise bands from john chakuis those have been like to me the most useful for a desk warrior so the idea is that what kind of exercise you can do throughout the day that you don't need to go to the gym for, and you can do them so that you can potentially even build muscle and correct all those muscle imbalances. So I, I found like exercise band is great, bodyweight training, kettlebells, dumbbells even. And then there's so much of that in the Supple Leopard, how to do deadlift correctly. There's very good videos also on that. But I realized that we went a bit far. Let's go back to the neck area. So there is... Like a surprising place, many people, they have back pain, so they want to have a shoulder massage. So why would you massage something like in front of the chest area? Basically, let's say like you
1: hold something and then usually your chest muscle and the biceps are tightened up, right? So basically, the hunching over situation is like your front muscle, your chest muscle is pinching so well. That's why like when I provide a corrective exercise session, I have my participants use the fingertip between the
0: first and the second rib cage, And then uh, that's uh, usually like a pinched area. And, uh, so basically slide down on the collarbone until you find a place which is between the, the first and the second rib cage, right? So that's what the area you're going to go for.
1: Mm-hmm. When you push, like you feel like a little pinch. Super painful. Yeah. If you understand, uh, let's say, like a massage is like a temporary relief, which is good. What you have to do is after that, you have to re-educate your brain. So you have such a good massage session or you have a basic knowledge and then you have a biohacking tool such as Dr. gun or whatever and then you release your muscle. And after that, instead of like you directly apply to the stiff shoulder, but like you do the chest area to, you know, uh, with the percussion device or whatever, massage ball,
0: and you feel really good. After that, like you have to re-educate your scapula we track to your... Do the nervous system exercises. Yeah. So Dr. Air is a Japanese company that makes massage guns. It fits your hand. What I've noticed is that the energy in terms of vibration really goes to the point, not in your hand. Which is different for, for a lot of guns out there. And you customize the head. You can change the head. I often don't even use any of the customizations on it. But There's a few different heads that you can use. And what I really like about this is like how light it is and durable. And easy to carry in luggage. So when I travel, I always have this thing. It's a lifesaver after airplanes and all that to do like the basic massages. Same here. So here in the front. Yeah. And so like in the kind of in the root of the trapezius, which is like super painful. Actually, the
1: fatigue from the the monitor, all the PC work goes to the back of your head.
0: Yeah. And I also sometimes do massage where the jawbone is connected. It feels really nice. I agree with you. You can do like a massage your face with this. Yeah, it's super cool. And then like looking up to the left, for example, then I would massage the right side of the neck down and, and looking up to the right, I would massage the left side. And always when I would massage the trapezius, I would look to the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And uh, in that way, I've noticed like my range of motion increases greatly and it feels amazing. And also like sometimes you have feel like brain fog, a little bit headache and all that just goes away because there is lack of blood flow into the brain and the vibration and also the release of the improved circulation, blood flow into the brain. It's a massive shift in consciousness also. So it's really important to keep and you can actually like get some pretty serious conditions by having like constantly stiff shoulders like in terms of oh yeah i don't really get headaches but the only migraines i get is tension headaches related like tension yeah so some supplements help like glycine taurine magnesium what else would you add into relaxing the nervous system nervous system i don't take that every day
1: but like a gaba is also good and also i love the leishi extract yeah under my tongue
0: i started taking like a lot of these things in the morning Often people take like stimulants in the morning, but I would take coffee. And I noticed I feel less tension if I also simultaneously take a supplement stack of glycine and magnesium and taurine, and it's more of these like relaxing things. It really balances out like coffee stimulation because with coffee you can very easily get you know dense muscles and your sympathetic nervous system is overactive. So it really calms the nervous system down. You get this like focus. Oh yeah, without exaggerated stimulation. A lot of people at training. But I think lysine is super important also. tanning with the coffee is Biohacking 101. Yeah. So we are the first distributor of Dr. Air in Europe. So you can get from bikercenter.com the Dr. Air Massage Gun. It's absolutely incredible device to have to relieve any kind of pain, neck pain. You just have to know how to use it properly. You can just massage a little bit here and there. But to know the trigger point starting from the hand to the shoulder. Oh yeah. Under the shoulder, front of the chest. And I think the collaboration is very important.
1: After let's say you release your neck muscle, you release your front muscle. Now you have to remind your brain to always relax happens after the quick contraction. That's why when we play the football in Europe, soccer. All the athletes move the ballistic movement because they contract the muscle quickly and relax. That's loosening up the tight muscle at the beginning. Yeah. That's why like when I provide a corrective exercise and after the release point, I just let the participants tap the chin to send a signal to the lectus muscle to waken up. So
0: that's why like everyone is like a straight neck. So once you're like you look up and you start looking down, that's when you are tapping your chin. Yeah, that's it. And that, I feel it activates like neck muscles. Yeah, you feel the neck, right?
1: So same thing. Let's say like you have a long, time of the pc work and then let's say you have a stiff forearm and you apply the doctor air massage and you feel good after that i would go for extensor which is cheap like less than like a 10 euro on uh, amazon so you have a rubber band right
0: now around your fingers and you're like yeah
1: it's not like, like a kind of
0: like opening up your opening up like extensor closing to fist opening up closing to fist and you have a little bit of
1: resistance there yeah and every, everyone said, I have a chronic wearable pain, uh, let me check. And then I touched, oh, this one's tight. You know what? I have them, they could do the 20, 30, and then they get sore. And I can't move my finger. And then take it out. And okay, stretch out a little bit. And then do, do some corrective exercise, stretch out. And now how you feel? Are you a magician? My pain goes away. No. <laughs> That's how much you put the chronic stress on a certain body part. So, once you understand your posture and a lifestyle, and then you apply like a technology as a biohacker, and then as some small re education session, that's like a huge leverage for our daily
0: life. For sure. Yeah. Tategi has produced, together with my team, some corrective exercises for the Holo Habits platform that will be available later this year. This Tategi's exercises. So, it's www.holohabits.com. All habits one word, holohabits.com. You can download an app. There will be free corrective exercises. There's also my coffee routines. There's always hydration. Oh yeah. Red work uh, from Lee Evin. There's a lot of cool stuff. I recommend people to download the app right now. And there's also a biological test kit that you can do on biomarkers to figure out your healthspan bottlenecks and it will provide you the exercise and challenges, also nutrition that would be beneficial for correcting any deficiencies but i would say taking care of your biomechanics your mobility is key because if you don't you will be like me basically a prisoner in your own body until you release that and realize like there's like this whole world out there everybody freedom yeah it's incredible how many people have issues with back pain and are suffering and it's absolutely treatable you can have disc problems yes which is a bit harder but even with those maintaining good posture is key not to make things worse but to slow down any kind of degradation nutrition is key anti-inflammatory things are key red light therapy for me has been one of the biggest lifesavers for back pain if i have any kind of neck or back pain i would use flex beam or, or just like a, we have these spotlights in the biker center store or i might use a panel and it's a huge thing like 20-30 minutes under a red light no pain But then using the massage guns and all that. That's my morning routine, yeah. On the vibrations platform and the red light on my entire body. You don't want to have the pain because once the pain signal is there, it's gonna, like, your nervous system is going to compensate. So I've noticed, like, with red light, I get the pain away. But then I can, like, actually stretch and I can retrain my brain to think about things differently, like, without the pain being present. And in that way, it might go away forever. So there's a lot of cool stuff that one can do once you're aware of how your body is operating and it's a biomechanical operating system. Any things you want to add in terms of exercises or technologies that we haven't mentioned yet? Yeah, what we've been talking about is not
1: quick solution. And a tool is, we have the tools, but it's almost like a shortcut. We don't want to depend on the shortcut too much, but like a, we should take advantage of the shortcut. And after that, for the long term, we should apply this approach, we should apply this lifestyle. I think that
0: that guide us to the, the our well-being. That's it. Totally agree with that. And becoming aware, like understanding like... Exactly. Becoming aware. Yeah. Like how the body is operating, like you have this body and we are, many of us are unaware how it works and by figuring out how it works up to the level of the biomechanics, it can really reduce pain. So just to give you an example, this anterior tilt, which is a compensation for... Oh, you the mean the SOS? SOS? So Psoas, yeah. So psoas, massaging that, understanding that gets stiff, massaging that open. That's
1: almost impossible to massage. It's really deep state. That's why we have to exhale with a certain position and pose. Right. Yeah. If the listeners are really interested, I would recommend go Amazon or like any online store and get... Uh, Balloon, balloon that makes you exhale longer and uh, stronger.
0: Uh, there's this aerofit uh, device that we do sell in the Parker Center uh, that also measures your lung capacity. That was my breakfast. <laughs> that was my breakfast too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the ba- the the balloon is like a cheap alternative, but with aerofit you can actually train every day your lung, and so that releasing soas like very interesting stuff. Now also when you have this anterior tilt, often people get their feet are not straight forward, but they start to opening up up a little bit. So you have, what is it called? Like when your feet are like, not in straight line, but Externally rotated. Externally rotated. So that causes knee pain. Mm -hmm. So then you have like knee pain and knee issues and it's not in the knees, the problem. It's actually, yeah, the knees are always a victim from the toe or hip. Yeah, indeed. So it's very important to understand the cascade. Because often the problem is upstream or downstream, not where the pain actually is located. So, like with my neck, I had to release like my hand and shoulder, my skull and upper neck, and all that to to get rid of like a shoulder pain, like trapezius pain. So it's very cool. Yeah, we have to uh, figure out both approach. Of course, like you, uh, you have to take care of the
1: symptom, and at the same time, you try to figure out what the root cause. But nowadays, uh, the meridian the I had an opportunity to talk with the doctor at the Harvard Eastern Medicine and Dr. Peter Wayne and then he shared his paper. Nowadays we can visualize the meridian route on the human body. And then the doctor said acupuncture put the needle on a certain pressure point. That's they say they are guessing the property from the proprio receptor. So any fingertip pressure or percussion stimulants or even massage that sends a signal to the brain. So I'm not expert, but at least we can apply as a biohacker to release and recover the chronic pain. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm with you for the long journey. Yeah, if people want to learn more, first, the different devices and tools. So Dr. Air is available now at bakkercenter.com. You can get your own massage gun. Then we do have a Bakker Summit coming in Helsinki in July. And we have optimized Day Workshop. And also we have the sanctuary space where we guide different sessions. So if you want to like learn more about practically directly from Tateke, you can come over to the Parker Summit. That's the fastest way to learn from the whole team, like how to fix your body. And yeah, we also are planning now to do an event in Tokyo in October next year as well. Not just the July 10-year anniversary in Helsinki, but Tokyo as well. If people want to follow you on social media, check out your website, where should they go?
1: tatekitechmatsuda.com that's on my website and on Instagram Tateki Matsuda. yeah
0: cool so Tateki is definitely one of those guys who is not just showing exercise but he can really describe what's going on why and for me personally it has been super effective to apply that knowledge into fixing my 10 years of chronic pain now I'm fully gone I'm very happy about that so thank you very much for showing me these things and yeah I had to do the work repeatedly and consistently to I pressure fix the issues yeah thank you so much thank you kiitos Arigato. kiitos be well my friend and see you soon